I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a plane in In my heart, I have a Welcome, everyone, to Greetings from Beyond Radio. Sorry, I was expecting that, you know, disclaimer thing to come up. So you kind of caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I decided not to play today, but we should actually consider. Yeah, this you know what? Let, let's go ahead and let's see if it'll actually work this time. Please help. Oh, okay. Yeah, our producers. Yes, the computer's going a little duh today, so. And the disclaimer. Yay. Perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why. Uh, in case you're wondering, uh, no, uh, that is not Vicky no, over here. That's uh, <laughs> that's our lovely producer, Jen McGowan, uh, or actually Richardson. Sorry. Bad name, McGowan. Anyways. Um, and unfortunately, Vicky will not be able to make the show unless somehow some way between uh and that's our daughter who's yes very ticked off go ahead handle handle whatever she needs uh but i was gonna pretty much do the show by myself but i figured you know if vicky couldn't make it you know i'll just have jen pop in every now and then but yeah vicky's having technical difficulties she's been having them since yesterday there's been no internet no wi-fi whatsoever because west palm beach sucks when it comes to handling their technical difficulties so a whole huge area of west palm beach is actually without any wi-fi or internet now for going on 48 hours leave it up to them to actually pull something off like that um this is our our new uh schedule um we are now 6 p.m to 8 p.m uh we used to be if you recall five to seven but we figured to you know get more of of our viewers because i started noticing that people were trickling in around six instead of five and let's face it five to six is when everyone's coming back from work and they have to hit traffic just to battle their way to rush home just to listen to us and we don't want you getting into a car accident we don't need that at all but you know it is what it is 
and let's go through the usual spiel that we go through every single week on greetings from beyond radio by the way i am back in miami florida the 305 and it took me a three days journey just to get here so i'm already missing jen but i'm back here and it's it's you know getting me some getting used to but i will it'll take some time so um you can listen to us on spotify facebook youtube iHeartRadio, the Paralanx, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Samsung Podcast, Listen Notes, Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone, uh, Google Podcast, and Pandora. Um, and of course, if you want to see us, uh, please chime in to Greetings from Beyond Radio on YouTube, and you can see the video, you can see all the pictures that we post during every video, and we this week decided we are going to go cereal. That's right. Not the cereal you eat. Although I'm sure there's a few of those crazy cereal killers that would eat their, you know, kill. Um, but no, cereal as in S, not C. Uh, and let me tell you something. The research that's been done with these kooks, and I, I, I'm not holding back. Um, it's, it, it is scary. And, um, I need everyone to understand that this to me is truly an illness as far as I'm concerned. Um, our, our first, you know, honor, if you want to call it that is Mr. Theodore Robert Bundy. I'm going to call him by his birth name, Theodore Robert Bundy, or best known as Ted Bundy, um, whom there's that, you know, and, and there's a story, there's a reason why I really don't like Ted Bundy. It's just not the fact that he's a serial killer. But this man almost prevented my girl there, right underneath me, right there, from actually being born because when he was visiting Salt Lake City, right there, as you can see, Salt Lake County, he decided to go pay a visit to which mall? It was the Fashion Place Mall, which is actually right down the street from me. Yeah, and I've been there plenty of times, and he decided to pursue her about-to-be mom. Mind you, this was, you know, way before she got pregnant with her first child, um, which would have been her brother because uh, she was, you know, second born. But if he would have been successful that day, she would never have been born, nor her brother. And uh, there's a funny story there. I'm sure <laughs> that Miss uh, Richardson is going to want to share a little story about exactly what happened with Mr. Theodore Robert Bundy. Okay. Uh, I almost said the bad word, but butthead. He is a bad word. He's a butthead. Uh, but go ahead and share exactly what happened to your mom. Actually, um, Ted Bundy has had a, I, I guess you could say, a big impact and a big role actually on both sides of my family uh being that yes he did attempt to pursue my mother 
Um, but he also, um, I guess, got his hands in there with my father as well. When my father was attending, uh, I believe it was high school, um, yeah. he, um, I'm not quite sure. He was friends. He was friends with. Yeah, a, it, it was one of victim. his friends um, that he, uh, his one, one of his friends, well, I guess if you want to call it a friend. Um, an acquaintance he knew in high school uh, was actually murdered by Ted, Bud Ted Buddy. Um, but the story behind Ted with my mother was my mother had went to the mall one day. I don't remember what it was that she was doing, but she went there to go get some clothes. Um, it was probably her birthday or something. She went into, when she was walking into the mall, she had noticed this very attractive looking man that was leaning up against one of the walls by the entrance. Well, she had, you know, not thinking about it because that's what they did back in the day. You know, you lean back, put your foot up against the wall, have a cigarette. That was that was guys back in the day. Well, she had walked past him, went to the mall, and she had started getting that feeling like, okay, someone's close. Someone's following me. So occasionally she would look back and he would be there. Um, she'd look back again and he wouldn't be there. Um, it's kind of an on off thing. She went and did what she had to do. Um, upon walking out, she had gotten that same feeling like someone is following me. So she'd look back. So she went to a store and he kept on walking past. So she automatically thought, okay, I'm going to clear. He wasn't really following me. I'm just being paranoid. Um, she walked out the, the same way that she had walked in and noticed the same guy was leaning up again in the same spot in, in the doorway. So she kind of glanced at him, nodded at him and kept walking. Well, she, he had then turned and followed her almost to her car. So she started walking a little faster with her bags, threw the bags in, closed the door and he had turned and walked back to his notorious yellow bug, which was parked diagonal from hers. She had, um, went out of the parking stall, continued to go. He had followed right behind her. And when she had noticed that every turn that she had made, he was taking even down the little side roads and thought that was suspicious. She had turned down to where a friend lived, but parked a couple houses down from the friend trying to throw him off. So she had parked there and he continued to go past her. So once she had found out she was in the clear, she sped down the street home. Well, she had no idea who this guy was other than, you know, walking in. He, you know, was a decent looking guy. Uh, she had gotten home, got everything out. And then a few days later, she had noticed this mugshot on the news, which would have been this one. That this guy was under, um, under investigation for murder um, and rape and everything else. So she had told her mother and father at that time, my grandmother and grandfather, that was the guy I saw at the mall. He followed me. That close. That close. And it's a good thing your mom made it to her car because, you know, he, he preyed on unsuspecting women that were possibly hitchhiking. You know, back in the day, there was a lot of you know, hitchhikers, uh, girls that were willing to hitch a ride. And if you want to call that a nice looking guy, 
have at you know back in the day you know he he actually he was considered by some of the ladies that's how he got the ladies was back in that day they considered him a very attractive man if you um, say so. he would dress but then again, i find all men ugly because yeah. you know that's just me yeah uh, he, he, he would he'd dress the part put on some you know as they would again back in the day the tight jeans and and the shirts that are rolled up he would make himself look actually presentable now, a little bit more about Theodore Robert Bundy. I'm going to keep using that name um, because... <laughs> oh, and Vicki, um, my mom was... I would say that was between... Ooh, Had to be in the 60s. She was about, what, 19, give or take, Roma? And it had to be in the 60s because I, I know for a fact that was... When he that, that's a young pick of Theodore Robert Bundy. That was in 75. Was it in 75 of Theodore Robert Bundy? And uh it doesn't really matter. I I as far as I'm concerned, he got what he deserved. Uh, but he was known for raping, murder, uh, and he he had his preference to rape and murder young women and girls during the 70s and possibly earlier. He confessed to 30 murders committed in seven states between 1974 and 1978. His true victim total is unknown and likely significantly higher. Died January 24th, 1989, aged 42, Florida State Prison. Yes, Florida, you finally did something right. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I have to say it, okay? His, um, state prison, uh, Rayford, uh, in Florida. U.S. born October 24th, 1982, Rose to Rose Bundy, shame on you. Also known as Rosa Bundy, was conceived by Ted Bundy and Carol. Um, so, uh, and... and uh, Rosa Bundy was his, his daughter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, his last words... The force would just consume me, he told her. Like one night I was walking by the campus and I followed this sorority girl. I didn't want to follow her. I didn't do anything but follow her. And that's how it was. I'd be out late at night and follow people like that. I'd try not to, but I'd do it anyway. Seemingly unenthused about dinner, Bundy refused to pick something and was given the standard concoction, steak, eggs, hash browns, and toast. Well, at least he had good taste when it came he to food. He declined, actually. He, he, when they asked him, what do you want for your last meal? He had told them, I don't want anything. Because oh. what's the point? You know, you're going to feed me something that I've been wanting all this time. And then now all of, your, now all of a sudden you're going to give it to me? I don't want anything. So he actually, what they gave him, he didn't eat at all. I'm not a fan of any of these uh, serial killers, as you can tell. I, I I strongly believe these are deranged individuals. Um, and some are, I would say all of them to an extent are mentally ill. Uh, I don't know if he was ever really, you know, mentally or, or actually if he was, uh, if he had a... Uh, evaluation done on him did he ever i'm sorry could you put that up again uh, did he ever abuse his kids that's a good question um that one they speculated that 
there was possibly um, some emotional and mental trauma. Uh, but when it comes to the rape, um, there's no actual hardcore evidence. Some say he did, some say he didn't, but there's no, there's no actual evidence that he did. Um, so I don't know, other than mental and emotional abuse, um, we can't really say if he did anything. Uh, there's also a picture of an article with Mr. Bundy, uh, being charged and, uh, arraigned. And, uh, I believe this was in Florida. Um, whoops. Let's see. Yes. Good job, Florida. You finally did something. Unfortunately, it was way back when, but I think that may have been the last time Florida did anything right. And I've lived here my whole 53 years. Um, but yeah, uh, thank God for, for Florida. Go back and show those pictures of those unfortunate victims um, that Mr. Theodore Bundy killed yes um beautiful women beautiful women every single one of them beautiful Mm -hmm. souls unfortunately lost to this monster in my opinion and you know i've always said and i know we've discussed a lot about the paranormal and stuff like that on this show and that's what people usually Mm -hmm. expect from us but you know these these young women and I want you to think about your own kids, whether you have a son or a daughter. They never got a chance to fall in love, get married, and have kids. And that's a shame. And I'm counting what? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16. And they, stay, they, um, this they was estimate. The, this is the second half. These were the other ones. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, so. Need I say more? This this is this is horrible. Yes, there um, was there was thirty, if not more, women um, that they're thinking that he he killed. And, and you know, I I see things like that, and I I I honestly want to say a prayer for those those unfortunate souls because they will never ever live. They never got a chance to live. They never got a chance to have their own kids and, you know, have a family because of this idiot. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm not here to, um, you know, praise the acts of one Theodore Robert Bundy, uh, because quite frankly, to me, he's an asshat and he does not deserve um uh, as he took their lives, I think the, the the correct way of remedying the issue with someone like that is to end his. Uh, it's it's justifiable. Um, yes, and, and these victims ranged anywhere from twelve. What was it? Twelve years old up to I'd say give or take 25, 26. Um, that's horrible yeah so they they never really got the opportunity to live they were they were young women 
Um, the oldest was uh, Kimberly Leach. That was 19, what, 1980. And she was 12, year, 12 years old when he had gotten to her. Yeah, and, and, you know, and <clears throat> just like uh, Vicki uh, just stated here, not, not Vicki Burnett, but Vicki Norris, they're poor parents. I never want to ever imagine, pray I never do. I agree with you 100% there, Vicki, because you know what? It, it is a shame uh, that these parents will never, ever get a chance to find out what their daughters could have grown up to be. You know, and it, it, it's a it's a shame uh, that there are true monsters out there. I'm sorry to say, ladies and gentlemen, monsters do exist and they exist in human form more than anything else. Those are the ones that unfortunately prey on all of us. It doesn't matter if you're female, uh, a, a little girl, you could be a male, you could be a, a, a full grown man, you could be a boy. They will pray on you and God help us all because this has not stopped. In fact, it's gotten worse as the years have gone by and they become even more depraved over the years. And it's an unfortunate thing. So, uh, and that's another thing we have to go by, you know, with this show is yes, there, when people think serial killer, I know in a lot of people's minds, we want to think, okay, well, it's just the male form. It's just males that did all these heinous things. But when you move forward, you also have to think there was a bunch of females as well. Yeah. Uh, fact, it does go as far back as what we considered the first ever serial killer was H.H. H. Holmes. So that kind of put that in our mind. Okay. It's males. Males are the serial, serial killers. They could overpower anybody. But don't be deceived. It can come in any form. Uh, ironically, you, you you say that and you're kind of, you know, right about that because uh, our next serial killer happens to not be of the male gender, but in fact, the female gender. And uh, this lady here, if you want to call her that, Eileen Carol Warnos was an American serial killer in 1989-1990 while engaging in street prostitution along highways in Florida. She shot dead and robbed seven of her male clients. Warnos claimed that her clients had either raped or attempted to rape her and that all of the homicides were committed in self-defense. Of course she's going to say that. Uh, born Eileen Carol Pittman, February 29th in 1956, Rochester, Michigan, uh, she died October 9th, 2002, aged 46, in the Florida State Prison. Yes, Florida, you finally did another thing right. Good for you. Uh, but, you know, in, in her defense, and as I go on reading about her, um, cause of death, execution by lethal injection, resting place, cremated, ashes scattered in Fostoria, Tuscaloosa, uh, Tuscula County, Michigan. Other names, Sandra. Oh, so she had other names. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. A lot of them did have aliases. Sandra, Sandra Kretsch, Susan Lynn, 
Blahet, uh, wow. Yes. You could have picked better names. Blahovic, Lee, Blahovic, uh, Cami Marsh Green, uh, Lori Christine, Grody. Really? Grody? Grody. Uh, Ew. <laughs> yes, that's Grody. Uh, yeah. Spouse Lewis Gratz Fell. Um, 1976, 1976. Wow. That was a quick marriage and uh, divorce. But <laughs> uh, she also had children. Um, and and my heart goes out to them that they, they had a very, very sick mother, unfortunately. Uh, six um, counts. Wow. Six counts. There, there was a lot against her. Um, the reason being the the marriage and the, the divorce were so quick is uh her husband was 69 um he was much older than her um after they had gotten married she had turned had she turned really quick to the point where she was starting to get very violent towards him as well when he would walk she would kick his cane um, if he declined to do things for her, she would beat him with his, his own cane. Um, so you can kind of see where that went. I'm 53 years old. Jen here is 36. And for some reason, I can just see her beating me with my own cane. Anyways. I have uh, your cane. So. I know. Hence why I said that. Um, until I need them, because I just use them for, you know, set in a fashion statement if i ever have to go out on the town i'd like to be able to just stroll around with my cane and look cool but you know i'm sure if i started strolling around with my cane downtown salt lake city that one right there would actually take the cane and beat me over the head for it just because um it, <laughs> um so <coughs> those of you who think that there are no such thing as female serial killers. I got news for you. Yes. Sorry to burst your bubble. There are. There have been many. And the thing is, is you know, she stands out. But, you know, there, there's one in particular. And I remember she was actually arrested and arraigned uh, for the murder of her children. And I, I believe she killed four of them. I'm tr I can't remember her name because there's so many, to be honest with you. And I know you're all thinking to yourselves, well, wait a minute. Haven't there been other killers that you're kind of like, you know, not including at all? Hi, Olga. How are you, hon? Um, yes, I'm back in the 305, by the way. But if uh, you actually think about it, we can, we can go back to what you said before about the mental illness. Um, she was one who... Yes. They did discover that she was a legal psychopath. Um, with all the tests that they ran on her, she was a paranoid schizophrenic. She had multiple personality disorder. She was hearing those voices in her head that were telling her to do these things. She was legally diagnosed as insane. But she had split personalities disorder. Yes. Okay. Now, what they basically there did there was they 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 just about diagnosed her with every mental illness in the spectrum of mental illness, clumped it all together, 
and called it legal what legally legally insane legally insane um yeah i guess you could say that and in fact in that picture that she had shown where she's got her hands up like that and she was screaming obscenities that yes, i am like effing insane and yeah i fill in the blanks and yeah, yeah she she was uh, she, but then she again, would tell the court, and the, the infamous thing here is she would go like this, and she'd go, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill me? Because And she'd shake her head and go, because I'm crazy? Yeah, and, and you know what's disturbing? Not fault of hers. Uh, this, this woman, unfortunately, come to find out, uh, was sexually abused growing up as a child. Uh, this was a byproduct of... Uh, that abuse so early childhood trauma yes and 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 this is what happens unfortunately when we as human beings and you know now we're addressing this and we're going about this in the human way um when we don't attend to our children which are the future of this world and we deny them that one right to be civil, to be, to show empathy towards other children. You know, it, I, I'd be very worried if any of my children never showed any empathy whatsoever towards someone else other than themselves getting hurt. I, I, I'd be like, uh, Jen, do you consider this to be a problem? Because as far as I'm concerned, I'd be concerned. So yeah, but, if, but she she never got the opportunity to do that. Um, no, she not did. speaking in defense for her, but um, everything that she did in her early childhood was considered bad. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it was her mother or her father or both, but anything nice that she would do was considered bad. You don't do that. You don't talk to strangers. People are bad. They can kill you. They could do this. Um, so she was never really able to have a normal childhood uh, because everything was bad. And if she so if she did something that at least her parents considered bad, then they would beat her or, you know, fill in the blanks on that one. I would hate to fill in the blanks. Let's just put it to you that way. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the the those crimes that were committed against these people, and and I don't know what was done against Mr. Theodore uh, Bundy, uh, but I'm sure maybe you know who knows because I, I I'm pretty sure, and, and we may not have any information on him. I don't think we do. Uh, uh, when it comes to, oh, goodness gracious, they've made several uh, uh, shows about him as of late. Uh, what's his name? Uh, blonde hair, glasses, made, you know, lampshades out of the, the bodies. and Oh, um, Ed Gain. Huh? Ed Gain? No. No. Thin guy. He... Kept them in the refrigerator, you know. Uh, okay. When the um, name comes wow, to me, uh, yeah. John Wayne Gacy. No. Um, no. 
No. No. Ed Gain was the one who would actually oh, make lampshades no. and everything. Way, else. way, way off. No, that's not him. Uh, it's it's someone else, and for some strange reason, I can't think of his name right now. And uh, I know his show. The the show was on Netflix. We were watching it for a little while there. Young kid, blonde hair, glasses. Uh, took an interest in dead animals, and then it kind of spread over to humans and stuff like that. And I can't think of the guy's freaking name. Yeah. While we're struggling with that, anyways, he yeah. led a very he led a very normal life. Um, the only actual trauma that he had, and I can't say that the only actual trauma that he had, uh, as if it was something simple, uh, but it was it was enough to call him to to make him Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer, thank you. Jeez, really. Uh, not like we want to remember these people, but yes, Jeffrey Dahmer um, led a very normal life. Granted, his parents divorced, but he still had a roof over his head. His father was never abusive to her, to him, or and or his his mother. Uh, so Vicky Norris says, "I don't agree with keeping people like them in prison. Sorry, but I believe they should never get the risk or chance." To be let out they should just handle the execution straight away no cure for evil um i agree uh there's something they, to be they said. live rent free they live rent free they get three square meals a day and their laundry done and they got cable yeah free on that's, our dime on good behavior you, you get yeah. it free. Uh, and, and i i have to agree with vicky there yes uh i totally understand that but, you know, there, there's a lot to be said for, um, yes, they're living rent-free. But is it free? We're paying for it. Yeah, not for us. Not for us, but for them. Uh, at the same time, are there other humane ways of doing it? And I know that there was an article I had read years back where they were actually thinking of using a procedure um, that it was either going to be electroshock treatment or and re, you know refresh my memory here because you're the one that has even more of a depraved mind than i do where they actually cut, cut the <laughs> cut the frontal lobe and take out a piece of your brain uh and that is called oh my god it was just a, just right there just right there wasn't it because yeah, it was right there yeah unfortunately they did that to her and now she can't remember yeah, anything. Yeah, now I can't remember. But that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what... No, even with that, I, I wouldn't even recommend that. <laughs> I mean, that that to me would not be humane. I guess that would be like a really slow. What if the person claimed insanity? I'd be like, yeah, honey, you are insane. Do you see what you did? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Um, This woman was obviously insane. Now. From what I understand, she was executed, correct, if I'm not mistaken, and killed, uh, but she was criminally insane, legally insane, meaning they found her to be not mentally fit to live out in society. So in a situation like that, wouldn't it be 
let's think of the right thing to do here for a second. It's not really her fault that she went through this trauma that she did. Yes. And well, the, the biggest trauma um, actually was against men because of the things that she had to endure, endure while she was a young child. Um, so I'm going by, it was possibly her father that did the things that he did, um, considering that she would go after the older males, uh, truck drivers. She would pretend to hitchhike just so she could, you know, get to these men. But you know what, Jen, this is what I'm going to ask you. How do we know? Because she claims these men raped her. Well, how do we know they did? We don't know. Maybe she was lying. Maybe she was trying to get out of a situation that may have landed her in jail or prison um, and lied about them raping. And she was she was known to be a truck stop prostitute. Yes. Okay. Well, oftentimes, you know, when you are already considered to be a truck stop prostitute, you're in the business of, you know, giving sex for money. And she could easily have said, oh, yeah, I killed him because he raped me. Well, th th that's a good excuse to use. But what if they didn't rape her? What if they paid for her services? What if she lied about it? She realized she killed them. And then used that excuse that they raped her. What if every every single one of these seven victims right here didn't rape her at all? They paid for her sexual services, but she claimed they raped her. I find that hard to believe. So all the other, you know, 40, 50, 100 others that she had actually offered sex to, gotten paid for it, never raped her. But those seven there, they did. And that's why she killed them. I don't think so. I have to question her sanity. I have to question her motives. So naturally, they're going to confront her with these seven guys. Why'd you kill them? They raped me. Well, how about all the other 40, 50, 60, 70 guys that you had sex with? They didn't rape me. They paid for it. So these guys found a way to get around the system and not pay. Or, or or rape her instead I, I i question that so oftentimes we need to be very 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 careful um how we judge individuals because we got to look at their background we got to look and see what got them to that point in the first place and what molded them into what they are today unfortunately um so let's see uh vicky says you would think she'd have PTSD from that situation alone. Um, and also before that, she stated if one of raped, uh, why raped her. Would she put herself in the same position? You know, I, yeah. I think it's more of revenge or more of a vendetta for her. Or PTSD. To, uh, that, but also. Well, she was raped as a, as a child. Yeah. She, she wanted to get back to the male form because she knew that she couldn't with her father and any other uh, higher authority figure. So once she got older, I think it was more of a vendetta. It was more of a, um, I'm going to get back at the 
the male species because of what they did to me. And clearly finding out that she already had a, a disorder, she she thought in her mind that maybe this was the right thing to do. It, it, it's well, she's legally insane. Yes. Obviously, they found well, her to be legally insane. But you don't think clearly. So she, here she is thinking that this is what's right for me and it's okay to do because the voices in her head are telling her so. So to the common person, that's not right for us, but it is to her. And uh, Vicky states here, that's what I'm saying. I don't believe it because usually if you're in the right situation, you will not put yourself back in that same situation. Good point. Um, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, Vicky, you hit it right on the nose. Um, if she had already been raped as a child growing up, why put yourself in a situation to where you're then selling your body and then run the risk of being raped so that they don't have to pay you for your sexual services? She's correct. And that has to be, you know, it has to fall under the microscope of the grand scheme of things. And you have to start thinking to yourself, well, yeah, you know, common sense. And that's what these people don't have, unfortunately. Dictates that you wouldn't put yourself in a situation like that. But this has nothing to do with common sense anymore, unfortunately, does it? This has to go with the voices that were in her head that were telling her that she had to do it. Due to trauma. Yes. And trauma that she suffered as a child growing up into adulthood. And we have to remain, you know, level-headed about this. I'm thinking... This is something that we tend to forget. Uh, we tend to be more dismissive and look at just the crime. And, and, and I really don't know much about Mr. Theodore Bundy, but uh, other than the fact that he almost killed your mom, which would have prevented you from being born, um, I wonder if he also went through some form of mental, physical emotional abuse i mean it, it was again it was a speculation um ever since i had found out that he was a part of well i can't say a part of my family but he was a part of almost the destruction of my family on yeah. ends, um it became i guess more of a fascination with me with ted bundy of finding out who he really was what did he do um, why would he try and go after my mom? Cause I was young when I found this out. I didn't know. Um, and I, I looked, I researched, um, it does kind of go into his past. Uh, he really didn't have a lot of, I guess, emotional trauma. We, I, I, you know, I'd have to do more research. We did try and get the author that wrote a book uh, of Ted Bundy. Unfortunately, come to find out he had died in 2019. And he actually did a psyche eval of Ted Bundy back in the day when he was still alive. He was incarcerated. And uh, I could always read his book. But, you know, quite frankly, that would take up the whole show. Uh, but it's always better having that come from the author, the person that actually had contact with an actual serial killer. Now, I want you to think about this in a, in a, in a way. Going back to Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy 
his pattern was very, very predatory. He followed your mother. He circled her. What do sharks do? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, think of the jaws dun, 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 going on in your head. This is what this is what a predator does. Now, what triggered exactly. because you know, if I really wanted to go into detail about this, which I could easily very go very much go into detail about this. Um so Ted Bundy, uh he stated uh like one night I was walking by the campus. Now let's try and dissect this as best we can. Like one night, I was walking by the campus. So, a predator knows where its prey is going to be. Let's dissect this, shall we? Oh, here, here actually is something I did not know. Um, okay, so Ted Bundy was born um, November 24th, 1946 uh, in Vermont. But it says here that he spent his early years in Philadelphia with his mother and his grandparents. But yet his mother initially told him that his grandparents were his parents and that she was his sister. Wow. Look at that. He had a difficult childhood and exhibit signs of, of conduct disorder as a child. So it, from what it's saying here is he developed this basically on his own. Um, he decided. That, to, that was his coping. That yes. was his coping mechanism, his way yes. of understanding but i'm going to dissect this and i agree and i want you to go back to that so hold that thought um like one night i was walking by the campus so he was where he knew his prey was going to be all right so he's predatorily thinking and i followed the sorority girl yes. i didn't want to follow her so it was an impulse i'm dissecting as we go along he goes he knows where to find them He's following them, all right? Uh, I didn't do anything but followed her, and that's how it was. I'd be, out. Fascination. I'd be out late at night and follow people like that. I'd try not to. Once again, he'd try not to. But I'd do it anyway. He acted on impulse. It was impulsive. <clears throat> now, what was he looking for? If you could actually be in the mind of this predator, was he trying to find someone to fill the shoes of what he never had in a mother? Now, he did have his grandmother and his grandfather as parent, parental figures, but his mother portrayed herself to be his sister and when you find out that you know your mother has been your sister or at least pretended to be your sister your whole life that's very disturbing last i checked if i found out that oh you know wait huh what wait but you're my sister and now you're telling me you really my my mom i'd be very very that 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 would i think that would destroy me internally honestly yes. and i think and, that's what happened and you would start your um coping mechanism. yeah as a young 
child or maybe a young adult, which he did. He actually started in a very early adolescent stage of his life. Yeah. Um, with um, what was it? Uh, conduct disorder, uh, peeping. Uh, he would prowl his community as a peeping tom. He was start. He was shoplifting as a teenager. Um, I'm trying to think here. That was in high school because that's he started peeping in on the girls' locker rooms and stuff when he was in high school. Um, and then later on started the sexual assault. And when he started killing young women, um, he would travel around the country when he knew that he could get away with it. Yeah. Um, and he would start as far as Washington, Colorado, Utah, Florida. Um, he would go, I, he would skip states. That way it didn't look obvious. So he would go all the way to Florida. Um, and that was 74 to 78 or 79, something like that. 76. Yeah. Um, so Vicky has this to say. Um, all right. So, of course, all of them has to have a form of mental unstableness. Or they couldn't commit these horrible things, but that shouldn't that shouldn't excuse them from consequences. Like a lot try to get off by saying insane. Um, I agree. Yes, there are consequences to every decision we make. That's life. Welcome to life, people. Uh, it is what it is. And if it was that easy, then if we if we got caught doing something, we could. We can plead criminally insane and we would get away with something. Um, I do agree with the, okay, well, if you're going to plead insanity, then this is what we have to do. You have to run a series of tests. Um, If you pass those tests, then, okay, where do we go from there? Well, I mean, if I wanted to use uh, the, the, the criminally insane plea, uh, of course, I'd jump up on the table and pee on someone's donut and say, see, I'm crazy. Now you got lemon meringue donut. Uh, but, you know, that, that'd that be me. But if I knew what I was doing and he knew what he was doing, uh, he he had made a conscious decision. Uh, I, I wonder how long it took him to realize, because notice when I read what I read, he said, he was walking by the campus and he followed this, this sorority girl. Uh, he didn't want to follow her. He didn't want to follow her, but he felt compelled that he needed to. I didn't do anything but follow her. And that's how it was. I'd be out late at night and follow people like that. I tried not to, but I'd do it anyways. So that's an impulsive thing. I want you to think about that. As we're looking into the eyes of a killer right there, I want you to zoom in on his eyes and, you know, get an idea of what a killer really looks like. But as he stated back in the day, he was a he was a handsome man. Um, that was his, you know, hook, line and reel. Zoom in uh, more if you can. The man is a werewolf. He has a unibrow. Anyways, so... I want you to look at this guy. Um, He almost kind of sort of looks like the guy 
that used to be on the show White Collar Crime. Um, and now he plays in Doom Patrol. He's the one that's bandaged up all the time. Um, ironically, but he's not that good looking. Sorry, but my pimple's better looking than his and than his whole face. That's just me. I just find, I, I just don't find guys attractive in any way, shape or form. I don't even find me attractive. Okay. But I, I, so let's say he started with the first one right there. Okay. Let's say he started with her. Finally got enough nerve to kill her. Second one was maybe just as hard, but it became easier. And then he got to the third, fourth, fifth, and it became, it, it became a pattern. It became like breathing to him. Yes. I want you to think about that. And then that's when it becomes an issue. That's when, it, when you're dealing with a homicidal killer, because now there's no, you have no concept of the difference between right and wrong common sense has just left the building well common sense went out the window uh in 1980 uh and he was even murdering before then um like i said the youngest one that he murdered was 12 yes, years old exactly uh her name was kimberly leach and that was in 1980. so he had no boundaries no those boundaries went out the window a long time ago that's the disturbing part about all of this um you know ted bundy and you know there there's so many more that we're going to touch on uh, and i want people to actually be prepared we've already touched you know on um eileen carol warnos um known as the first first female serial well killer. first female serial killer that we know of uh, mind you okay um she was between 89 and 90. So she killed seven people, seven men, might I add. There could have been way more before yeah. that and, and others that they had no idea about. What if she didn't kill just truck drivers? What if one day she was at a bar and decided to kill the bar fly? It is what it is. You know, we, we don't really know until we are able to actually get on board with doing a psyche eval of what this person and how they thought and what would actually trigger them to snap. Mm -hmm. we'll, we won't really have all the answers to this. So we need to think to ourselves, were these all of them? I got news for you. I'm sure there were more and we'll have to end up wondering what others were killed. Yes. Right? That is true. Um, we can only go by the ones that they've found. Yeah. Um, and the ones that were admitted to. Um, because, I'm sorry, there, there is not a serial killer or person on the face of this earth that is going to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, it was Nancy and Sarah and Jane. And uh, I, I think her name was Betty. We're not going to sit there while they name everybody that they killed. That is true. They're, they're not going to admit to that much. Uh, not even Ted Bundy admitted to every single one. 
you know, he we just threw out a few names when they offered him a plea deal, which actually wasn't a plea deal to begin with. They never really will. So, unfortunately, you're doing double duty, and, and I, I apologize for that. Unfortunately, there's just things that we have no control over. Vicky, uh, our our co-host for Greetings from Beyond Radio, couldn't make it due to the fact that she has no Wi-Fi. So, how much time do we have, Miss Producer slash co-host? Two minutes left. So, you know yes. what? We're going to go ahead and cut to our usual commercial break, and we will be back um, as soon as we, you know, finish with all the commercials. And I promise there's way more to come. So don't go anywhere. We're talking about the crazies today. I know, man. It is what it is. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And that...
And welcome back to Greetings from Beyond Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are, we've gone cereal. Uh, there's just no other way to put it. And I like cereal. cereal. Yeah. No, wrong. Cereal. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much for that. Yeah, so much for that. Unfortunately, we uh, are touching on the subject matter. This is uh, why we're running the disclaimers and whatnot, because we don't want people to think that this is, uh, you know, family friendly. This is a subject matter that's very serious. It's actually affected many, many families throughout the years, um, losing their loved ones, unfortunately. And uh, the actual next person that we're going to be talking about is Mr. John Wayne Gacy. The clown uh, himself. Yes, the clown himself. Uh, the clown prince himself before there was, well, no, I think he was around. But uh, let's see Mr. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Uh, come find out from our lovely producer that Mr. John Wayne Gacy used to be a KFC employee. He was a teacher and he was the KFC manager. You know, it, it, it's disturbing to think. And, and I know he was a family man, too. I know he was married. Um, I, 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 I shudder to think. Uh, so a little bit about the man. He was born in March 17th, 1942 and died May 10th, 1994. Uh, he, he was an American serial killer and sex offender who raped, tortured, and murdered at least 33 young men that we know of and boys in Norwood Park Township, Illinois, a suburb I drove through there this past weekend. I didn't know that's where this sicko lived and committed his crimes. Uh, a suburb in Chicago, he became known as the killer clown due to his public performance as Pogo the Clown or Patches the Clown uh, personas as he devised prior to, to the discovery of his crimes. And this is how, of course, he lured the children and killed them, unfortunately. What, what actually inspired this guy, drove this man I don't even want to call him a man. I think I reserve that for actual men. Um, but to actually commit a crime so heinous as to just take a life. To me, there is no more higher crime out there than to take a life. Honestly. Uh, John, he, he suffered a lot in his childhood. Um, he was very close to... The females in his family, his mother, uh, his two sisters. It was more of the the father figure that he had in his life that was an alcoholic. Um, he would physically abuse his family. Um, so he grew up watching that. Um, okay. Seeing his father abuse his mother, his, his sisters. Um, and also to the extent to where he was never good enough for his father. His father would call him stupid, call him dumb, call him an idiot, and the R word um, that we're not going to mention. Um, because he he was raised by women. Um, he was called a sissy because he always acted like a woman because he never had a father figure to teach him how to be a man. 
Uh, so he learned these things from the women in his life. So his dad would call him a sissy, a mama's boy, um, and was told by his father, please excuse my language, that's why we have the disclaimer. Um, his father, and I quote, you will grow up to be a queer. Not that queer is a bad word, might I add, uh, no. but back then it was considered a, a slang for uh, uh, a bad word. And yes. Uh, yes. That, he, he, it, that was known as an obscenity back in that day. Um, and that's what his father would tell him, that he was a good for nothing mama's boy. And it that, that's enough to, to scar a child to begin with. But it was stated, and John even stated this upon being interviewed, I still loved my father, even though he hated me. You know, I, I, I hear of this and I think to myself, what would drive someone to commit these crimes? And then we, we got to go a little bit into their background. What got them to that point in the first place? Well, um, we're now getting some of that from our producer. And, you know, she's a aficionado, if you will, when it comes to serial killers um and she has studied many and um in fact she even knows the true story behind um what inspired the movie jeepers creepers which i found fascinating her sitting there telling me stories as i tried to go to sleep and then i'd wake up ah you know because you know she told me the real story behind jeepers creepers and i was like that's even more terrifying than the actual creature yes. so that being that being said you know she she knew she she knew these and she even knows the stories behind you know i think what michael myers what uh, texas chainsaw massacre oh texas chainsaw uh, massacre. which was ed gain yeah and 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 you know it, it wasn't even like it was in the movies nothing ever really is so if you're watching those movies it was very highly over exaggerated of course and they have to because you know they got to think of publicity they need to think of hyping it up and and adding glitz and glamour that's hollywood that's what they do they are there to entertain don't forget this ladies and gentlemen hollywood you know what has its place in our pop culture and it is what it is we are constantly blaming this that and whatnot but let's not lose track of where we're at uh, if you base everything you see that you see on Hollywood as God's honest truth, I have some bad news for you. You're going to be highly disappointed. Um, yes, and and yeah, highly exaggerated. It, um, it needs to be because then people really wouldn't watch. But, but uh, were they, these people just as bad? Um, the, the people much like Ed Gain being yes, the, they were the story they were. behind uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, he was. Did he really do some of those things? Yes, but he was not the guy that you would see running around wearing a dress in someone's face, wielding a chainsaw out of a house with you know a crazy family inside of it. That that was not true. Well, technically, technically, it wasn't a dress. It it, it was a meat suit. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the kind of use that butchers mm -hmm. use when they're cutting, you know, yes. 
Uh, but in the movies, they also stated that he liked to wear the makeup and the women's dresses and put on their faces for the makeup. And did Ed Gain wear women's makeup from time to time? Yes, he did. But again, like I said, the movie was very highly over-exaggerated. And, and yes, Buffalo Bill, you know. He did the talk. Uh, I'm sure. He did the talk and 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 he did he was based loosely off of a serial killer. So we we have to kind of look at this through the lens of being reasonable uh and think to ourselves what what's really true, what is not. I don't know. Uh oh, okay. So Vicky Norris, oh, I want to hear it. I I don't know what it is she wants to hear. Maybe she can clarify that. Um, I believe she said that while we were talking about the movie Jeepers Creepers. Um, uh, okay. I can All think right. of the real life person behind it. Uh, his name was uh, Depew. Uh, D-E-P-U-E-E-U. Uh, Dennis Depew was the original person behind it that inspired the creature if uh, i had a name like that i'd become a creature too. yes he, he inspired the creeper he was a real life killer um and he has quite the background yes um some of the things in jeepers creepers um much like how it starts out i believe it was the last one how there was a family that was driving down the road and they saw the van that is true that that was very true. Um, he how he turns into a creature. I guess they they depicted him as a monster. Is that that was a whole point around the movie? Is he was a monster, but he was a real life human monster. So yeah, let let let's really set the scene. Okay, and for those of you that have seen Jeepers Creepers, and I know we're we're kind of breaking away from John Wayne Gacy, but we'll come back to him. We have plenty of time. Um, Mister. Uh, Jeepers Creepers, uh, in all actuality, Mr. Depew, uh, that did happen. So in the movie, it was not a husband-wife. It was a brother-sister. Yes. They were driving down a highway, and they saw this truck, this large truck. And yes, this was a truck, and it was bearing down on them. That was true. This was depicted in the movie and then it scared them and they it veered around them and took off. Well, they later on saw that same truck parked by the side of the road by a building. And <clears throat> this individual was carrying what seemed to be a body underneath an actual cloth that had a lot of blood on it. And he was dumping it down this tube and then they noticed the same truck about what 40 minutes later following them again they knew they had to lose this truck now in the movie they end up discovering that the one driving this truck is a monster with wings and fangs and it eats body parts and it becomes it, it gets it it gains better vision better smell better whatever uh, and it has these regenerative abilities once it does so. But this was just a person, Mr. Depew. And he they had many aliases, by the way. Yes. Uh, he went by many names. Um, 
queen. Really? Was, uh, something queen um, that he would tell his girlfriends. Okay. Well, actually, he had a wife, didn't he? Um, no. No, not at the time. He did not. Um, if you research him, it he had two, but they don't specify their names. They, they, they two go by aliases. One was Mary. Um, and she was the one who appeared on Unsolved Mysteries gotcha. uh, when they were doing the case with him, uh, explaining that he did have a, again, we're going back to what she thought was a mental disorder, and he was going through a mental breakdown because he had specified to her that his mother was very sick. Now, Mr. John Wayne Gacy, uh, the clown man himself, the clown prince, if you will, and uh, this was a very, very disturbed individual, uh, led a very dual life. What a disturbing picture. You know, I've always hated clowns. They, they're just terrifying. I, I don't know how that would make children happy. As a kid, if I saw a clown, I was terrified. But that's just me. Nowadays, they're, they're used more in horror than they are for amusing a child. But just look at that. That is scary. That is terrifying. Oh, God, no. If I and, saw that show up at my front door, I'd be like, nope. Yeah. Go next door. I don't like them anyways. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a very uh, interesting individual. <sighs> that's that's put, putting it mildly as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yes. good Lord. Um, so this is how he would scope out, once again, very predatory he would go in disguised as a clown he would pick and choose the children that he would want to kill not you know what go back to that yeah now go go to the mugshot he would he would go from that to being a freaking clown which oh god so as he's at these children's birthday parties, and I want you to think about this. I don't know if you've had magicians for your children or some kind of some form of entertainment for your children. You don't know who you're letting into your house, do you? You don't know if they they've, you know, raped, killed children and they're here, you know, going into the crowd and they're doing balloons or they're doing magic tricks and you don't know if that guy, that that guy in your house at that moment in time is a killer. You don't know what he's capable of. In fact, dare I say even women that do things like this, we don't know. Because all we're thinking of, ah, we want to entertain our kid. How about, you know, Easter just passed, that creepy ass looking bunny rabbit that uh but, but is that really any difference it, or, santa, or santa claus yes is that any difference there is there is none There's there, no you never know who is really truly behind what you are introducing to your child this guy was just an entertainer uh, vicky says he has a predator look you know what i have to agree uh, but then again, I, I think every clown has a predator look. Uh, that's just not right as far as I'm concerned. I was like, uh, uh, 
So he would go in, he'd scope out the room, he would more than likely give out his card, right? To every single parent or child to give to their parent. Yay, you want me to show up to your birthday if it's coming up or something, please call me. I want you to think about that. Or give them their number, his number, so they could contact him. This is where it's it's already past that point to where you've networked to get your next victim. Okay. You know, sooner or later, as you go back to your mundane life of, you know, working and, you know, at KFC or being a teacher that, you know, sooner or later, you're going to get that ring, right? You're going to pick up the phone. You're going to call. Uh, you're going to get that call and you're going to be like, sure. When do you need me? By? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll come as Pogo. Yeah, exactly. Right? For all you know, between that birthday to the other birthday, he's already killed four. Mm -hmm. And the body count keeps adding up and up and up. And you're, you're like, I, I start thinking what, how, you know, they found, what was it? that he had killed 33. Yes, I think it was also, more than that. But also the story was, is when they slowly started coming on that, you know, these children were missing, these young children, young adults were missing, predominantly male. He had a fondness for males. Um, and that, that too can stem back from his childhood being called a sissy and the things that his father had told him that he was going to become. Yes. Um, so it was predominantly males. Were there a few young females? Yes, but more males than anything. Yes. And, um, and go go ahead. It, it, he, when they first caught on, his first charge was sodomy that he pled guilty to. And it was a young boy with the last name of Voorhees, I believe. Um, I remember that because it's Jason Voorhees, but it's really not Jason Voorhees. Wait, um, wait, Voorhees? Yeah, Voorhees, yes. Um, but he did plead not guilty to the other charges that they tried to pin on him for sodomy and rape. Uh, at that time, murder was not brought into question yet. You know, I, 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 I shudder to think there are people out there nowadays that are can use so many devices and 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 uh social media to do stuff like this tiktok uh not not shaming tiktok i'm simply using the name here maybe i shouldn't but I'll, it could be any social media platform and yeah any social media platform uh mm -hmm. that nowadays caters to everyone's you know very short-term memory because they're entertained for less than a minute and they're onto the next video. And I've never understood that, but you know, then again, I'm one of those that I've, I, I love reading books. I, I, I started off with comic books, moved my way up to big books and I've been stuck ever since. And then you're I, a big boy now. Yay! Yes, I am. Uh, but you know, I, this is, one of the, the reasons that I'm happy to say uh, my dad encouraged this in me. Um, I, at the time, was having issues in in school and um, not, not with 
you know, so much reading, but other stuff. And one day I, I showed interest in a comic book. We were at a store and I'm sharing something personal about my father and I. And he said, you want that? And I was like, yeah. And I remember it was amazing. The amazing Spider-Man. And, um, and he, he meets Joggernaut. And I found that to be interesting. I'm like, yeah, I love the, the cover art and everything. It, it fascinated me. And uh, he picked it up and he's like, let's get it. Now, mind you, back then, you know, comic books were 75 cents. <sighs> that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Now they're like, cost of like $14.99 now for a bunch. No, no, no. It's not that much. It's like four four bucks and change, maybe five bucks. But yeah, it's it's gone significantly up since back in the day when I used to collect comic books. And I I I read that comic book three times. And in fact, so much so that when my dad came to pick me up again for his visitation rights, I said, Dad, can we go back to that newsstand? Mind you, not a comic book shop, newsstand. And I picked up everything. I At that time, I didn't know what Marvel and DC was. If it looked good, I picked it up and I, I just, I kept picking up. And I, I think I grabbed more Amazing Spider-Man. I grabbed more uh, Fantastic Four, the X-Men, uh, Batman, Detective Comics, Justice League, you name it. I picked it up. I think I walked out of there with 10 comic books and my dad paid for it. No big deal. And that kept me going in school that actually inspired me to continue to read and i started realizing it had big books at the sorry big words that you had to actually sound out you know like vibranium which is a fake metal or adamantium which is a fake metal uh or you know it but it also went into explaining quantum physics and science and and radioactivity and all these things and this fascinated me and then i started getting more into science i started getting more into social studies geography and that was my inspiration to excel in school so thanks dad because uh if it hadn't been for him um I possibly, you know, would have flunked, but that, that to me was my inspiration, mine for, you know, going further in, in school. And it's a shame. I listened to these, the history of all of these individuals that became serial killers. And I start thinking to myself, it's a shame they didn't have that big brother situation or a, a father or a mother or a parent parental guidance to guide them away from these impulses that later on led them to become what we now call them serial killers uh that in itself and and this is why every situation ted bundy you know he'd he'd go to a a a campus and and he would find that girl and he'd follow her he didn't know why he was following her he felt compelled that he needed to he didn't want to but he did it anyways but this was to satisfy something that went wrong in his life back when he was a child and the way that his mind 
understood it was that this was his way of coping, which led to the crimes he committed, not excusing what he committed. Mind you, we're not saying, you know, sympathy for the killers. No, not in any way, shape or form. You do the crime, you have to do the time. It's just amazing how it takes one little thing. It could have gone this way or this way or this way. And it changed that person's perspective on life. Yeah, much like Ted Bundy, when he was younger, he was bullied in school. He was yes. this young, skinny, what they would call back in the day, nerdy little kid. And he was bullied. So do you think that maybe if he was more of the, you know, he went to work out, he was more physically fit. Um, he didn't fit the part of what he would call a nerd. Um, and he wasn't as shy. He was more, say he was more socially active. Would he really be the person that he became? Well, this, you know, suffering what you do in a home setting uh, will dictate how you will react in a social setting. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you learn how to be human yes. by, the, by the influences you have by your parents, your mother, your father, your aunts, your uncles, your brothers, your sisters. And if there's abuse in there, it doesn't matter if it's alcoholism, drug abuse, verbal, emotional, depending on each one, because, you know, you could have, let's say there's a family of, there, there's a family of uh, four kids and, and a set of parents. One of them is an alcoholic. And out of those four kids, three turned out great, but there's that one kid could be the first born could be the two middle children or the youngest one that ends up responding different because we're all different and thank god for that we're all different i want you to think about that for a second that one out of the four children is the one that ends up committing that crime to me since we're all different and we all perceive things differently that's what makes these individuals, these serial killers, Ted Bundy's, uh, the John Wayne Gacy's, uh, the, it, it takes that one thing they didn't comprehend when they were children and they grew up into adulthood and there is some form of shaming done to them. You, you stated Ted Bundy was scrawny. He was bullied and whatnot. He, he was, he was what was considered to be a very nerdy, shy kid. Okay. Um, and he was bullied in school. But you are right. If you go <laughs> on a list of the numerous serial killers, as we call them nowadays, John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, um, uh, Warmokes, uh, Richard Ramirez, uh, the Zodiac Killer, we, we can continue to go on and on and on. What uh, Manson, Charles Manson, um, we have to think, what did they endure in early childhood um, into early adulthood? Was there something, were they already suffering through a disorder at that time? We don't know. Were they abused? Were they beaten? Was it 
emotional abuse, physical abuse. There's a lot to add on to why they turned out the way they did. Because was, there are some serial killers, um, much like John Wayne Gacy. Um, hold on, little one. Little princess. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. I want to watch Kitty's but I want some food. Okay. So, yeah. was the disorder brought upon by the abuse that was our our lovely daughter there yes um and um, she's hungry yeah. um but as i was saying um some of this does go on to childhood if you research um ed gain hold on um ed gain when he was a child he started off with mutilating animals right um why it was a mental disorder that he had go ahead and handle her and I, I, and get her what she needs. Um, okay. So John Wayne Gacy, uh, an individual that, you know, we've already discussed, you know, what creates an actual killer. Obviously he was, there was abuse uh emotional and verbal abuse when he was a child and he grew up in this abuse and he learned how to cope i don't care who you are even i've gone through a form of abuse and um it's called rts uh religious trauma syndrome uh because of my mother and i will admit this on the air um Let's just say I was exposed to religion 24-7. I went to Christian school from 9 to 5, actually earlier than that. You know, it was, I think, you know, 8 to 3, something like that. And um, there was prayer meetings twice a week, uh, Bible meeting once a week. Then Friday, Saturdays, I had um, uh, youth group meetings. And then Sundays, church twice. You know, after a while, and, and mind you, I was as young as six when this all started for me. After a while, when you go through your adolescence and, and you grow up and, and you start thinking to yourself, is this all there is? I wasn't a kid allowed to uh, celebrate Halloween because Halloween was considered to be the devil's birthday. Uh, thanks to my mother's evangelical way of thinking, I was never allowed to dress up like all the other kids. I stayed home. And you know what I had to do on Halloween instead of hand out? Yeah. Instead of handing out candy, I had to hand out Christian tracts because we needed to save these kids, my mother would say. They need to know this is Satan's birthday. They needed to know that this was evil. So instead of giving them candy, I had to hand out Christian tracks. I want you to think about that. That's not normal. That's 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 emotional abuse. I think like everything in life, if you eat too many Twinkies and cookies. I like Twinkies and cookies. Actually, I don't like Twinkies, but I like cookies. But let me ask you, if you eat Twinkies and cookies, and that's all you eat. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and even snacks in between. What do you think is going to happen, Jen? 
I'm going to blow up. And you may also develop diabetes. Yeah. Now, there's a time and place for everything. Look, you know, I commend my mother for a single mom. She did the best she could to raise me. But it was overkill. It really was. And I suffered the consequences. Now, if you're wondering if I went to therapy for it, yes. And I still have to go to therapy occasionally because it's affected not it's not affected me in a in a negative way to where I lash out like these serial killers that we're talking about. But it's affected my perception of certain social situations. And I still need to work on that. But I at least have the common sense to recognize that that did me damage. It didn't do me any good. It damaged me more than anything else. And it's an unfortunate thing. So that being said, I just shared a little part of my life there with you guys. And uh, called religious trauma syndrome. Yes, and it does exist. Um, for those of you wondering, um, there's a reason, rhyme and reason, for why we're discussing, you know, killers. The one because they're fascinating. Killer, well, if you yeah, actually I, think about it, they are fascinating. You, you want to get in their minds about why? Why did you do it? I mean, I personally, me being me, I would love to go talk to an actual serial killer in prison, you know, social distancing and all, um, and just be like, so what? I want to recommend it because you would become the next Harlequin. Next subject. All right. Yeah. There is but, one, however, we are going to talk about him in just a few minutes. He is still alive, technically. Is He's he? not all there, but he is still alive from what I've researched, yes. Okay. Uh, I know where but, I'm going. No. Well, I, I know where I'm going, but here in my information, it states that he died December 3rd, 1995. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see that part. Yeah. Um, but okay, next serial killer, sicko, serial killer, Gerard John Schaefer. Now, look at that smile on that mug. Good yeah. God. Um, Ger uh, Gerard John Schaefer, uh, teacher slash police officer, he was born. March 26, 1946, to Nina uh, in Wisconsin, U.S., died December 3rd, 1995, aged 49, Florida State Prison. Woohoo, Florida! You did something right again. What the hell happened to Florida? I remember when Flor I was proud to be a Floridian. Nowadays, we got our governor fighting against Mickey Mouse. Really? Come on now. Lay off the, the mouse. Anyways, that being said. Who really is Mickey Mouse? I don't care. He makes me happy. That's all I care about. Um, so, uh, cause of death, multiple stab wounds yeah. to the face, yeah. head, neck, and body. Yeah. Other names. Jerry Shepard, the killer cop, the hangman, the butcher of Blind Creek. 
height. He was six foot one. He was a big boy. And he was, uh, his spouse was Martha Fogg. Uh, divorced that him was in the 19- first one. That was the first one. Divorced him in 1968. And in 1970, Teresa Dean and divorced him in 1971. Boy, he didn't last long with them. Uh, uh, married 1971, sorry. Divorced 1973. Still not long. Uh, motive, sexual, sadism, uh, sadism, yes. possession, necrophilia. Oof. Yeah. This, this boy was sick. Uh, okay. Now, for years, I have known that this individual created an urban legend here in Florida. It's tied to what is commonly referred to as the devil's tree. Which is in every state. <clears throat> Which is in every state, but it's really here in Florida. And uh, our actual co-host if she was on here, would actually fill us in some more. But we'll be talking about this some more next week. Um, She actually found the real devil's tree, by the way. And not going into too much detail, being that Vicky is psychic medium, uh, she was working a case that had nothing to do with, you know, Mr. Gerard John Schaefer. But... Okay. That guy. That guy. And you know what? While she was working the case, one of the victims of Gerard John Schaefer reached out to her. Come to find out, this individual would mutilate his victims. In very sadistic ways. In very sadistic ways. He'd keep them literally bound by rope off this tree, the devil's tree. And he would come back to them and have his way with them. I'll let your imagination run wild. That's where the necrophilia comes in. Yes. Uh, They couldn't talk back. And unfortunately, cut them up into pieces and um, bury the female genitalia areas oh, yeah um, and were the first to go because that was his way of hiding the evidence right now mind you this man to me i don't know his history very well but i would imagine very similar to all the other serial killers but he made a choice we all have choices to make But I want you to think about this. One of the victims of this individual, this thing, I ain't going to call him a man, reached out to Vicky. And Vicky started researching a little bit. Uh, Yes. His early life was very troubled. Um, It was due to his father. Let me read this out real quick by Vicky Norris. Did the victim come to her as a spirit? or real life. No, spirit. Um, And that's what led her down that path. And she started realizing it was one of the victims of this sick puppy, Mr. Gerard John Schaefer. Uh, Go on. I'm sorry. Um, Yet again, with him, his early life, 
he had he he himself listed as troubled um again it was because of his father figure um suffered uh alcoholism uh his father was an alcoholic verbally abused both him and his mother um and all the children uh he he was frequently absent from the home so he was never home uh, he is what we would call, I guess, nowadays a, a deadbeat father. It was more or less have the children and I don't have to take care of them. Um, and with um, Gerard being, I believe, was the only boy, but I could be wrong. Um, he was subject to most of the verbal abuse again uh, because he was he was a loner in school. Uh, he wasn't part of any groups uh and his father was also would also torment him for that that he was a loser um he was an idiot uh he would never make friends in his life so again he was the byproduct of a very sad childhood no sympathy for the killer here um Granted, yes, as a child, but now, you know, full grown adult and he ends up committing these heinous crimes against these women. Uh, I, I find it hard to find sympathy for him. Um, individuals like this and mind you, I try to stray away from using the word people because people just they won't do things like this. This, this ain't right. And, and I, I, there's always a choice. Depends on the choice you make. And these individuals chose wrong. Or did they choose right? In the grand scheme of everything, did they have no choice but to go down this route? Because everyone, when their, t their ticket is punched, and I hate to say this, your ticket's punched. It's time to go. You've served your time here on Earth. And unfortunately, you end up becoming someone's victim. Now, this is not okay, the act, in any way, shape, or form. It's a shame that we live in a world where your life is decided. Your fate is chosen by someone's random act. I want you to think about that. How rare, how rare is it that we can actually get to that point to where we say, is it really that simple? Really? I mean, look at this guy, all smug, like he's done nothing wrong. He knows he's done wrong. And it's a shame. It really is a crying shame that this person took a so many lives. A police officer. His, a first police officer yeah. his first encounter was with two women while he was on duty. And they were exactly. hitchhiking. Exactly what I'm saying. This is... This is and I want you to think about this next time you see a police officer, because I, I don't trust nobody. But what if this police is Mr. Gerard John Schaefer, the next one? We don't know. You don't know what's hiding behind the mask that they display before them, before you, everyone. The uniform they wear, that aura of power and control, protection. I mean, that's what police again, officers offer. Again, we can also go back to John Mangacy, the entertainers. The clown, Pogo. 
yeah the clowns the the magicians the the people that are we are we're sending into our children's school who are they do do we really put that much trust into people nowadays i i think we're gonna you know traumatize a lot of people Probably. uh after this show and next week's show to where they're you know if someone comes up to someone nowadays and they're or let's say one of our listeners you know they're like hey want to be friends and they're like yeah are um, you a serial killer have you murdered people or you better yet can, can, can i have a background check yeah maybe it's not on there yet maybe they haven't been caught true uh, but you see, that's that's even more disturbing. They haven't been caught yet. You may be victim number six. Or nine, ten. We don't know. So, producer, who do we have next week and why we chose to go down this very this crazy nasty. little rabbit hole of, of serial eaters. I'm still spinning. I'm telling you. We have this lovely author. This is actually the book that she wrote about uh, the, the, the thing that we were just Gerard talking about. Gerard John Schaefer. Yeah, that thing. Uh, this is the book that she wrote. Her name is Yvonne Mason. Let me see. Here's the lovely woman. Very stylish. I like the way she yep. dresses. Yes. And um, we we will definitely be having her on the show to discuss Mr. Gerard John Schaefer in detail. Her husband was one of the prosecutors, from what I understand, that prosecuted John Schaefer um, and uh, had, let's say, some in-depth information that other people wouldn't necessarily have because it wasn't just allowed to just go out there. And yes, uh, she, this, this book right here, um, if you do get it, I believe it is on Amazon. Um, this does go into detail about the things that he has done. Um, I, I think she, I'm not quite for sure, but I believe she knew some of the victims or at least somebody that had escaped from him. She knew the wives, uh, that married him and, um, she was, uh, I, I believe able to talk to one of the, one of the victims that escaped. But that being said, you know, this is whom we're going to have on the show next week interviewing, uh, Yvonne Mason. Uh, a very intriguing individual, and yes, she will be on for two hours, and hopefully Vicky will have her Wi-Fi on, not that I didn't enjoy having my lovely co-host on to fill in for Vicky, but um, Vicky knows Yvonne Mason, has actually spoken to her before, has read her books, and also uh, I got to do some homework. Yes. I feel like I'm back in school, you know, you know, having a do my freaking homework. This is ridiculous. I'm 53 years old. That's enough. You know, just saying. Uh, so, yes, next week we will have Yvonne Mason, uh, author, 
and uh, she is an individual that knows Mr. Gerard John Schaefer very, very well because her husband was on the prosecution team uh, that prosecuted him for his crimes. And um, we will not be showing the pictures, uh, by the way. Uh, I'm going to show this. If we did, we would we would be kicked out of every single social media platform that yeah. existed, and we would not be allowed back. Mind you, the pictures I I, I speak of um, are not actual foot fo photography. It's actual sketches that this sicko made. Well, there is um, there there's a few of the actual uh, bodies, um, but most of it is what he had sketched up about of what he thought that he wanted to do to them that he actually did do to them that they found yeah we're not going to show those uh simply and only because it's bad enough having to hear about it just apply your imagination to it and there you go uh as far as i'm concerned that's going to be more than enough and it's already making me do this because i'm like i really don't want yeah. to I, I i it's not that i'm squeamish it's just you know if it's a movie i can take it uh but if it's actually something that really happened it i don't know kind of makes me I, i've seen the mass majority of it and let's just say it was not pleasant because if i had seen somebody have a sketchbook and random papers in a trunk and i pull it out and see that then something's wrong yeah, if you like went through my trunk and picked up a sketchbook that kind of sort of looked like that. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, wow, you're very talented. I got, I, I have to go. Just kidding. You've uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> got to go. Uh, yeah. So in other words, yeah, I, 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 I get it. Uh, but that's who we're going to have on the show to next week. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because I love delving. You know, I said it from the beginning. Greetings from Beyond Radio is just not going to be paranormal. There's always going to be paranormal thrown in there because, you know, me being a paranormal researcher and also uh, a demonologist recognized by the United States Old Catholic Church and Vicky herself being a psychic medium and a paranormal researcher as well. It's what we gravitate towards, but I named it Greetings from Beyond Radio so that we could discuss about anything. It didn't just box us in. There's so many podcasts out there that have para this, paranormal that. I'm like, why do you do that to yourself? You're boxing yourself in and it's going to make it unappealing for other individuals and other genres to actually show up on your show and be interviewed. So that's what GFB Radio is all about that's why i called it that but ladies and gentlemen join us next week and and also really fast before you go into mm -hmm. that um if any of the listeners have any topics that they do want to hear um find us Share. on facebook find us youtube on youtube at greetings from beyond radio write it in any comments it doesn't matter pick a video anybody write it in there and say hey i i would like for you to discuss this um, and we'll go through, we'll research, we'll do what we have to do, and I'll make them talk about it. Exactly. That's her job. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in tonight. And uh, as I always end all our videos, live life, don't let life live you, and peace be still.
Bye.